0: Hey friends, my good friend, Kirill is back to give us an update on what's new and one of the most dynamic services in Azure, Azure Cosmos DB. We're going to hear about updates for the ASP.NET Session State Provider, a free tier, auto-scale improvements, and monitoring and diagnostic updates. All of that today on Azure Friday. Hey friends, I'm Scott Hanselman and it's Azure Friday. Kareel is back. Uh, he brings us wonderful updates every few months, and this is our October update on Cosmos DB. And what's great about you, Kirill, is you always bring us new friends to show off
1: lead. Uh, so what do we have today? Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you, Scott. And uh, today, we would like to talk about a few things. Uh, we always strive to make it easier for developers to build applications and bring Cosmos DB to help, whenever it is useful, uh, and we have Couple updates for developers, um, including the ASP.net session state provider that helps you uh, applications that need globally distributed or durable cache. Also have some uh, cool updates around out of scale and free tier helping developers pay less. And finally, once you have an app, we have some uh, really good uh, experiences around troubleshooting and understanding how your app is doing.
0: That looks like a fun day. This is all stuff that I can use. The great thing about getting Cosmos DB updates is every time I hear about these, I say, Ooh, I need that feature now. Session State's a great example. I'm thinking to myself already how I'm going to implement it in my apps after the show.
1: All of them are free. You do not have to pay a penny to use any of the stuff that I just mentioned.
0: All right. So I have all these things ready to go. They're all just features that are ready for me to utilize.
1: Yep. And with that, maybe let's let's bring Matthias.
2: Uh, who will uh, walk us through the Asp.net session state provider. Thank you, Kirill. Hey, Scott. It's great to be here. Thank you for, for having me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that you, as I myself, as a developer, have created websites in the past or in the present, and we've used you know, the session state. Uh, we've stored maybe a, a cart, a shopping cart, maybe some profile information for the current login user, so it's a thing that as web developers, we've been using since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, session providers, uh, it's something that we, you know, we decide where we're going to store the session information and based on the, the demands of our business, we might need to pick a different provider. Uh, I want to share with you today, the fact that we have built and ready released. So it's already public. Uh, and uh, I want to show you uh, if you can see my screen right now, sorry, uh, we have releasing GitHub is it's completely public. It's all free um, and we build it with the community in mind. And it's a state provider for Cosmos DB. So basically we'll store uh, all the session information uh, in your Cosmos DB database, leveraging the global replication uh, and all the low latency uh, features that Cosmos DB has. So with that in mind, this is the the, Cosm- the sorry the GitHub repo and we have published this as a nugget package for any .NET application. Uh, we, I have here one simple web application. This is just a, you know, the file new project for a, a web app. And the only thing that I've done is I've added the nugget package that we have already published. And I went to my startup file. So the startup file defines all the services that my application will be using. So if I'm already using session in my web app, I might already have something like the Add Session down here, and I will probably have some provider. It could be Redis, it could be SQL Server, or any other any other session state provider. With the nugget package that I just added, I have a new Add Cosmos DB or add, sorry Add Cosmos Cache option. Uh, is this lets me uh, set up the Cosmos DB information for my cache basically, which is the container and database that I want to use and maybe set up some uh, other configuration, like for example, which is the connection string or or now the AAD, I, I could even use uh, Azure identity uh, to wire up the authentication into my cache uh, and set up things like which is the region that my app is running on so I can make sure that I connect to the closest uh, Cosmos DB endpoint. Uh, Now that I have my cache running, I could just, you know, go to any controller in my application if I'm using the MVC pattern, and I just interact with the session state like I would currently do with any other provider. There is no particular API that I'm leveraging. I'm just, you know, loading the session. In this case, I'm just checking if the session has any data. If not, I'm creating this data and then I'm returning that to the browser. In this demo, I'm just generating one cache line or one string that uh, has the stamp of when it was generated and which machine uh, I'm, I'm generating the cache on. I already deployed this to Azure App Service in a cluster with 10 machines. So if I go to Postman and I do obviously one request to this cluster of machines, I will see that um, the first request will generate the cache. Uh, This is the machine name and the machine name that generated the cache. But if if I keep hitting the same cluster of machines, the machine name that is returning the request or the response in this case is changing, but the name of the one that generated the cache with the uh, stamp of when the cache was generated is the same. So basically I'm having a distributed session provider across a cluster of machines that is backed by Cosmos DB as the provider with low latency and global availability. Um, And the the interesting thing is what we are doing is this session has a timeout. So if I go back to my um, startup configuration, I have an idle timeout here for 30 seconds. This is leveraging the time to leave feature of of CostoDB. So the the cache entry, once it doesn't receive any sort of activity after 30 seconds, it will be erased. So I uh, I don't need to set up anything else or any extra APIs or any any sort of extra thing to have my cache information being validated and removed, and then a new cache entry created whenever the new session comes uh, into the application. And the last thing, oh sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I mean, this is fantastic. I mean, I know there's so many things in my mind. So first I distributed cache, the interface that you are going in and using is a wonderful and simple interface. It's get set, refresh, remove, and then async versions of each. And by default, there's a distributed memory cache, which is not distributed. It's really has what's called node affinity. It basically Correct. is just a hash table. And then you've got SQL Server and Redis and NCache as potential optional um, uh, implementations. Cosmos DB is such a wonderful, uh, uh, really the best uh, implementation of I distributed cache because you're taking the, the 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 simplicity of session, which for the last twenty years has been a hash table, and you're yep. making it a globally available sub milliseconds uh, distributed hash table. And the code that you're already writing, if you already have ASP.NET code, you already have ASP.NET Core code that's using session, you just keep using it. Exactly.
2: Your the only code thing you does need to not do... change. Exactly. You just change the provider, but the code in the controllers is the same. And, and like hmm. you just mentioned, I distributed cache is not just for session. You can even leverage uh, in this example, I'm yeah. in, in using uh, the it. i, exactly. And then using this as a distributed cache uh, without session. So this same package mm-hmm. uh, lets you use a distributed cache or a session provider uh, as you see fit.
0: Right, People might have existing implementations where they have been using SQL Server or Redis historically, but their main data source is in Cosmos. Now they can use Cosmos for their main stuff for your products and your shopping cart and your session state, which is just wonderful. I do have one question though. one of the benefits of Cosmos is that it's smart about where you're located. If you were using this truly globally distributed, not just scaled out within an app service, but multiple app services around the world, Is it going to be smart enough to pick the nearest Cosmos to me and get that customer's um, uh, the the web server nearest the customer would also use a Cosmos
2: near the customer? That's a great question. So what we do is this whole package is is running on top of the Cosmos DB C-Sharp SDK. Hmm. So the C-Sharp SDK has one of the settings we let the application tell the SDK which region this application is running on. And what we do on the back is we detect your account in which regions it is running on, and we create what we call a preferred connectivity list based on distance between your application and those regions. You might have applications running in the same region as your CosmoTV account, or you might have applications that are running in a different region, but we'll try to connect to the closest one. And mm-hmm. the good thing about this is that in the case where there is a regional outage in one of the regions you are connecting to, you're already running on top of the C CK that has a, a full failover support and will automatically detect any problems on the concurrently connected region and failover to the closest one right away without your application running into downtime.
0: Oh, lovely. This is a superpower for ASP.NET Core applications. There are people out there watching this who have these apps that are that are littered with usage of session, which historically has required session affinity, node affinity, and now you unlock those machines with Cosmos DB and the session state provider. That's so exactly. cool. I love it. I distributed cache implementation for Cosmos. Woo.
2: And with that, I'll turn you over to Deborah.
3: Thanks, Matthias. Happy to be back on the show and really excited today to talk about our updates to the free tier, which is one of the easiest ways for Cosmos DB uh, for new customers to get started on Cosmos DB completely 100% for free, as well as how you can use autoscale to get great cost and performance for any workload. So we've had a free tier for a while, but in the past, we've only, we've given you 400 RUs and 5 GB of storage. So respectable, but we got a lot of feedback that that really wasn't enough to really see the power of Cosmos DB. So now... If you uh, go to create a new free tier account in the Azure portal, which is, by the way, this is available for all APIs. So, whether you want to use our Core SQL or try our MongoDB version.
0: OK, so here we're picking the right option.
3: Yep. Yeah, so, once you pick the API that you want to experiment with, uh, you'll be able to ch- choose if the account will be a free tier account. So, hmm. based on all the feedback we've gotten, we've updated the amount of free stuff you get to 1,000 RUs and 25 GB of storage.
0: Oh, my. Wow, so, more, than, more than double the RUs and five times the storage. Wow.
3: Exactly. So One nice thing about this new value here, 1,000 RUs, is it gives you a lot of flexibility for how you want to distribute those RUs in your accounts to test different configurations. For example, if you wanted to test, let's say, two regions, you could have one container uh, with 400 RUs added to a second region, so you've got 800 RUs, uh, test the geodistribution, which I think Matias was alluding to earlier, and do that completely for free. At the same time, if you wanted to do, maybe you have a slightly more intense workload that can't fit in their 400 RUs, but could with 1000, you can now uh, basically get better performance with 1000 RUs.
0: Wow, that's really impressive that a free tier of a product
3: would even allow you to do distributed testing like that. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. So one, and the nice thing about the free tier account is that except for this discount, it's exactly like a normal Cosmos DB account in every way. So every other feature that you might want to use such as uh, auto scale, that geo uh, distribution, uh, all those features that you expect, the SLAs, uh, the late, SLAs on latency availability, five nines of availability, uh, they're all there. So with that segue, I, I wanna show you one of the awesome features that also makes it very easy for you to get started as a developer, especially when you're not quite sure what RUs you actually want to set. So autoscale is a feature that we've built in Cosmos DB uh, based on a lot of customer feedback that while it's great that Cosmos DB gives you really fine grain control over the RUs you want to set. And by the way, RUs here stands for request units per second, and this tunes the performance or throughput that you'll get. So intuitively, the more RUs you set, the better performance you'll get, the more throughput you can achieve.
0: Right. And if I may add to that, when I was initially working on Cosmos DB and playing with it, I was like, I don't know how many RUs this query is. And I I would say that after a bit of usage, you start to get a sense of like, that's a heavy query. That's a light query. This query could be tuned to be more efficient and use fewer RUs and then fewer RUs mean I can do more work. Exactly.
3: and I think that thing you hit on the beginning is it does require, as you mentioned, it did require a lot of trial and error to figure out should I set 400, should I set 800? But the good news with auto scale is that we won't really want to take that overhead away from you and let the service manage it. So from your perspective, uh, all you have to do is tell us the highest RUs you ever want to scale to. So for example, you might know, you know I'm not really sure how many RUs I need, but I know for sure I'm never going to want more than some number. So I might say I never want more than let's say 5,000 RUs, right? And what Cosmos DB will do is it'll scale automatically between your max RUs and one tenth of that value. So it'll scale from 500 to 5,000, depending on what you actually use. So if you have a really heavy workload for a couple hours, we'll scale you right to the max. And if you have hours where you're completely idle, then we scale you straight to the minimum. So before you had to do this all manually, uh, or you have to like worry about this, uh, this capacity management, now we do it for you. And the cost savings to you is that you, when your workload's not running, you just scale right down to the minimum and just pay for the minimum.
0: Wow, okay, let me see if I can absorb this. So people are worried about cost. The cloud is one of those things where you think you're gonna to go to sleep and you're gonna become popular overnight and you're gonna wake up with a big bill. And what you're doing here is you're saying, here's the maximum use, thereby the maximum amount of money. But even better, if my system is idle, I'm getting a 90% discount.
3: Exactly. So we basically uh, you get this really flexible 10x scale range. Uh, we're at basically That's an instant scale. Yeah. Um, and one common question we get about our auto scale is that uh, in a lot of other systems, like if you wanted to auto-scale a VM, it actually takes a lot of time to provision more resources to do that scaling operation. Uh, the way we have designed auto scale on Cosmos DB is because you tell us upfront what's the max you'll ever need we actually pre-provisioned that so if you ever need to use the max that capacity is there so that scaling is actually instant in that 10x range instant instant
0: Wow okay that's amazing is, right. that that, is that something is that something I get to see yeah Maybe let's attempt? yes oh, let's yeah. go
3: ahead and see a demo so just to show the power of auto scale I've created this collection here it's called uh, benchmark and I've created it with manual throughput of 400 RUs per second. So this is cool. just the entry point container. So what I'm going to do is I have a visual, uh, I have an app here in my visual studio and it's just a performance benchmark app. Uh, what it's going to do is generate a bunch of sample documents on this client site and insert them into Cosmos DB. So just creating document after document to really see the performance I'm going to get. And because of the benchmark, I'm going to be, it's going to be as aggressive as possible to write as many documents in as short a time. So let's see the performance we get when we have our container set to 400 RUs per second. All right, so you can see that immediately I'm already getting throttled because my real workload wants to use a lot more than 400 RUs. And you can see I'm still achieving some writes per second, but I'm getting, I'm just counting the throttles I'm getting back here.
0: Now this- 50 50 writes a second for what was the previous free tier is still pretty decent throughput, but yeah, I see that you're being throttled.
3: Yeah, Uh, so now let's go see. Let's actually enable autoscale right now live. So I'm going to keep this workload running. Go back to my browser and enabling autoscale is super easy. You can do it via the uh, Azure portal. Uh, Can I ask a question? Yeah.
0: You're keeping it running. You're not going to stop the app.
3: Yeah, it's going to keep running. So show it again right here. It's going to keep running. All right, I'm going to migrate to autoscale save and this usually takes a couple of seconds so this has no downtime to your application and it all happens in real time you can That's do the setting yeah pretty cool i mean
0: like you know when deborah makes production changes she does them in production <laughs> you didn't shut anything down didn't reset anything you just made the change and you're going to see it picked oh my goodness
3: right uh, so as you can see here, uh, it was pretty fast. We now are—we've basically increased the scale range from before is stuck at 400. Now mm-hmm. we can say we'll go up to 4,000 if you need that amount. So wow. now you can see throttles go to zero. We're getting around 4,000 RUs of throughput, and our throughput has basically—yeah, um, 10x. It's awesome.
0: oh wow. That's so cool, and no downtime. It just—it just got better, and that's exactly what it should be doing while I'm sleeping and getting popular overnight. <laughs>
3: definitely and the good news about this thing is right now i'm running this benchmark but if i were to stop it and for the next 20 hours then nothing on this it would immediately scale right back down to 400 rus and i'd only be billed for that amount for that time
0: interesting so i saw that it instantly scaled up usually in these kinds of systems uh there's like a trailing amount of time 20 minutes 10 minutes how does it uh you know how does it know that it's time to scale down and scale up is that just magic or is there a timeout
3: Uh, I guess in some ways everything in the cloud feels like magic, Uh, so it's not, uh, it's it's actually, there's no, um, it's not necessarily like other systems where, other systems will try to like predict like, oh, I got some throttles, what should my next thing be? Uh, With us, you tell us up front what the max you ever want should be. Uh, so we already know you'll never go beyond, or you don't want us to go beyond 4,000, are you? So we give you all the resources to achieve that at any point in time. And as your as your requests are coming in, we'll just keep track of what you're using, right? And mm-hmm. if it's uh, and then based on what you end up, based on that, we'll figure out what you should we should scale to, and then that's what ends up being what you see wow. on your final thing.
0: So the result is instantaneous scale up and mm-hmm. down, and great cost savings immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And like Karel said before, we have this now. Yes. I can. I can go and like I, as a customer or customers that are watching, can go and say, I need to turn that on in production right now because Deborah said so.
3: <laughs> yeah. Maybe not right in production. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I don't want to be on record saying that. Uh, but definitely, we've had a lot of customers realize a lot of cost savings. Uh, and actually, I want to show some metrics for. Um, for anyone out there who's watching and thinking, should I use autoscale for my workload that's already running in production? Let me show you some useful metrics that you can look at to help decide if this will help uh, increase your performance and save costs for you. i right, So cool. I'll just go ahead and stop this from running. Uh, so Inside the Azure portal, we have a lot of really useful built-in metrics that come out of the box for your account. So Here I'm in the same account, I go to metrics and this is a workload that I've seeded earlier uh, for the last Twelve or so hours, and this is the benchmark. Same benchmark, except at a way higher scale. So mm-hmm. I kind of pushed it to fifty thousand RUs here as my max throughput. So fifty thousand RUs is a lot of throughput for Cosmos DB. Uh, so it's not something typically customers won't start out with this amount. But if you get really, really popular, uh, Scott, then maybe uh, you'll you might need this amount of throughput. Um, so the main metric that you're going to want to pay attention to is you'll want to go to this metric called normalized RU consumption. And this metric is basically a measure between zero and 100%. And it tells you how much of your current throughput that you have provisioned is actually being utilized. So 100% utilization is you're using all of it, 0% is you're basically kind of throwing the capacity away if you're not really using it. So based on that value, uh, what you want to do is you want to look at the utilization over a period of time typically recommend two weeks to a month if you uh, have that data. So here I've got this workload where I've been running the spiky workload for about the last 24 hours. And you can see that for many periods, it's either completely idle or running at a very low 5% utilization of my RUs. And then some periods it spikes to around 50% or so. So if you look at this workload, uh, the one thing to keep in mind is the magic number for when you know you should use autoscale or not, is 66% utilization. So if your average utilization across all of these hours is more than 66%, it means you're actually, you have a pretty stable workload. Like you're not varying too much. So auto scale is not really gonna help you very much. But if you have a very variable workload where the utilization averages to something lower than that, then you typically will save a lot, you will see, you will see cost savings when you move to auto scale. Um, so you might be thinking, okay, how do I count all these bars and figure out? If it's what it averages to. Um, luckily, there's a very easy no-code way to do this. So uh, Scott will go ahead and show you. Um, all you need to do is just a couple of steps. One is in your chart settings. Uh, I'm just going to make this uh, bar chart since it's a bit easier to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what you'll do is uh, we scale you based on the max per uh, the max consumed per hour. So mm-hmm. I'll just set the time granularity to one hour. Okay, so now I've got. Nice one hour here, and now I have the utilization per hour. I'm going to download it. So there's a nice feature here to basically export this chart to Excel. And I downloaded this earlier because it won't let me uh, download yeah. in this VM. But here we go. Uh, so here's again the same account, hour by hour, what the utilization is, and all I do is just use Excel, give a quick average, see what this average is out to for the past, and it's around 22, 23%. So. Uh, Given that, this is basically, you can think of as an intuitive signal of how variable your workload is and the more, uh, the more variable it is the more you can really save by enabling auto scale
0: very cool this is great I, I really like that 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 rule of thumb that 66 percent that mm-hmm. is a really a computer science thing more than a cosmos <laughs> thing because we say the same thing in the web server you know if you're not using 66 plus percent you're not working it that hard you can scale back a little bit mm-hmm. but if you do have a strong consistent workload that's butting up against two-thirds mm-hmm. then you're going to need that extra headroom and you're going to want to burst and get uh, get that auto scale benefit
3: fantastic exactly. cool. Uh, so, I'll show you one more thing if you don't mind. Uh, so, one very common question we get from customers is uh, it's great that auto scale is scaling, but how do I actually know what auto scale to? Mm-hmm. So, there's another out of the box metric that you can use. I'll go back to five minutes here, and it's called uh, provision throughput. And when you use auto scale, provision throughput is whatever Cosmos DB has scaled you to. So, we can see that in some hours where I actually had the usage, Scaled up to around 25K or so. And then mm-hmm. all the other hours, it was at the minimum. So, even looking at this chart, you can see I actually have quite a bit of headroom between what I set as my max and what I'm currently using. So, you can uh, probably lower cost even more by, let's say, reducing this from 50K to 30K or 40K, depending on how much um, headroom you want to give yourself. So, these are just two uh, out of the box metrics you can use. To look at on your existing production workload to determine if Autoscale will work for you, and if you are using auto scale, determine uh, how well you're using it.
0: Yeah, and that really speaks to what you said before that two weeks is a really a good amount of data. You don't want to be making judgments based on an average Wednesday afternoon yeah. or an episode of Azure Friday. You want to get a sense of like, okay, see, you know, there's seasonal if uh, you're if you're a, if you're a, a retailer. You know, are we in a seasonal lull? We bring it down for summer. Hey, look, it's Black Friday, and now we're doing things at Christmas time. We're going to have different headrooms. And you can make all those changes, and Cosmos DB will just roll with it.
3: Definitely. Exactly.
0: Very cool. This is great stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much, Deborah. Appreciate that.
3: Thanks, Scott. And if you like those metrics, we'll turn it over to Steph, who will deep dive into how you can uh, get even more detailed metrics uh, and monitoring on your Cosmos DB accounts.
0: All right. Fantastic. Hi, new friend. This is great. Let's dig Hi, even Scott. deeper. Hi Scott, how are you? I'm well. This is fun. So you're going to show me even more monitoring and diagnostics features.
4: Yes, exactly. I'm happy to share a few new features that we're um, onboarding to, to help you troubleshoot um, your applications. Uh, so the first thing, uh, Deborah just showed you some metrics. Um, right now, we actually have a new feature that's out that's called Insights. It's actually an out-of-box metrics experience. So those metrics that Deborah just showed you um, are actually already. Output it into um, a site here called uh, in the under tab under insights. And Mm -hmm. here you actually don't have to create those metrics that. Uh, Deborah just added. You can actually just go in here and you can view most common metrics that customers on Cosmos DB typically look for. Um, examples are total requests, data index usage, throttled requests, uh, normalized RU RE consumption. We even have links to popular uh, uh, documentation about status codes and normalized RE consumption so you can dig deeper. Um, as well as you can quickly select a uh, time range um, and which database you want to filter your metrics by. Uh, so this is really just an out-of-box metrics experience. I don't, when you come to the portal, you don't actually have to go in there create the metrics time and time again. We just have a, there a dashboard for you um, with the most common metrics. Um, mm. yeah. So and- you
0: decided as a member, like you, the Cosmos DB team has said, you know, people can go and customize things all they want, but throughput requests. Index usage, these are the things Cosmos people care about. So you've done all that work for us.
4: That's right. That's right. And so a lot of these um, common uh, issues, for example, throughput, the, we have a specific tab specifically for throughput. So you can go in there and look at your total requests, uh, your normalizer, your consumption um, by all of those metrics, uh, taking just a second to load. Um, I want to show you something very interesting is uh, by partition information. So a lot of times we talked about normalized audio consumption and how sometimes we see it spike to 100%. We don't really know why or how this is happening. And we want to dig deeper. Our usage is getting to 100%. What do we do now, right? Um, When we go into this tab, you can actually see your partitioning strategy, right? So you have uh, I have about five partitions here and it looks like only one of them is reaching 100%. Um, So, and a a few of them are getting 13% usage so that looks like we have a partition skew. Um, and that means that not all, your, all their partitions are not really getting used as frequently. And this is a sign of not a very good partitioning uh, strategy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I've mentioned to Kirill in previous episodes that sometimes partition keys and picking the right ones is, is difficult and not being able to see those insights and understand them has been challenging. And, and here it is. Now I can make an educated decision.
4: That's right. Exactly. And we love to see these new improvements. In addition to this, you can also customize this dashboard view. So, um, this view, you can all almost all customize and create your own workbook. Uh, so this workbook, this insights is actually powered by workbooks. So you can create your own views for metrics, connect them to any data source. We have a bunch of uh, connections, um, including log analytics, metrics, um, arm, arg. You can, query a bunch of things Um, and then you can view all your workbooks and save them into this worksbooks gallery Um, and you can view all the workbooks that you have um, currently working on um, here.
0: Very cool. And the great thing about all of these kinds of workbooks as galleries is you can mark them as favorites, you can pin them, you can save them and, and share them with the team.
4: Um, In addition to this, after you looked into your metrics, and again, these metrics are all very free, um, so uh, anyone can go into their Azure portal, look at their metrics um, for free. But we also have more detailed, more granular metrics um, and logs. Uh, So For that, we typically ask customers to enable diagnostic settings for their account Um, enable diagnostics for their account. Um, So these categories, when you go into diagnostics, you can view a bunch of categories that we emit data to, um, including data plane, Mongo request, query, uh, partition key statistics, and we push a a ton of uh, per second granular, very granular data um, into these tables. Um, so, with our new feature, actually, we have um, um, Azure diagnostics as a destination table, but we actually want to um, tell customers to enable resource-specific tables. So, resource-specific tables allows customers to. Um, have some additional cost optimizations when emitting logs, so that uh, we actually have some benchmark tests running on this. If you switch to research specific, you actually save a bit between 40 and 60 percent cost savings um, using our logs uh, with this additional option.
0: Wow, really great improvements. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is great. These these cost saving improvements that are already there for people that are watching. If you're using Cosmos, if you're thinking about using Cosmos, you don't have to flip any switches to get preview. You You have these features.
4: That's right. That's right. And I'll show you um, this exactly in action. Uh, this is actually the previous way of doing this. So, we have this huge Azure Diagnostics table, very, very large table. Um, so, all of Azure d- uh, pushes data into this very large Azure Diagnostics table. So, in order to actually get those category details that I showed, you have to use the square clause where category equals query runtime statistics for just one uh, aspect or category that you want to enable. Um, and so, it becomes kind of just even hard to navigate. Um, as a user, sometimes I forget what is in which table, um, what does this column Actually, mean what property does this mean? So, um, we've actually gone in there and cleaned it up a ton. Um, So, it actually looks something like this now. So, you enable a category at a time. Uh, for example, query runtime statistics. So this category, you don't you can just filter through here and you can see exactly what is in that table. Um if you hover over each item, you can see the definition, which is useful for a lot of uh new users, and you can quickly see what data is in that table.
0: Interesting. Are these views on on all that existing data? Like you've you've basically said that these are the things, like we said before, that Cosmos people care about. So let's bring them to the forefront so
4: Exactly. You don't have
0: to go digging and add where clauses and things that are no fun.
4: Exactly. It's it's all very much customized, particularly uh, for what we know customers DB users uh, like to see. Very cool! Wow. Yeah, and last thing I wanted to mention is we do have um, ability to look at queries. So when looking at logs, uh, oftentimes we want to know, hey, what's the most expensive query, or what's the query that's taking the most time, or what's the queries that's usually failing? Right? We usually um, have this. Um, in the past, we've we've had this. Um, obfuscated query so you're actually not able to see um, all of the details in the query uh, here. Let me scroll down so you can see.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of information there.
4: Yeah, ton, ton of details here. Um, and a lot of these we filtered out already in the new view. But here, for example, we have query text. Um, and so you can see here that this is um, obfuscated query. So we don't have any uh, identifiable data here, right? Um, but once we enabled uh, our new feature, full text query, uh, we can actually see exactly what query was um, issued. And then you can start to filter out which ones are the most expensive, which ones are taking the longest. Uh, so, for example, here you can see select from Columbia. Um, and exactly for our country, Coast Colombia, we also have um, you know a bunch of other exactly query text, so you can map those to to your account and for further troubleshooting. Yes,
0: yeah, so you got to get that information, otherwise you're not going to be able to make an educated decision about tuning, about behaviors, and understanding what your users need from from your app and from Cosmos itself.
4: That's right. Um, And for further details on uh, monitoring for Cosmos DB, we have a ton of documentation on how to enable logs, um, how to use metrics, and uh, more details on our documentation there.
0: Very cool. Well, this is great stuff. What a good update from the Cosmos team. Let's bring everybody back and say thank you very much and goodbye to our friends. This is great. So I learned all about Session State Provider, we learned about the free tier, we auto-scale updates, diagnostics, monitoring, logging. A great month, a great time to be an Azure Cosmos TV users. So I'm learning all about it today on Azure Friday. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Azure Friday. Now I need you to like it, comment on it, tell your friends, retweet it, watch more Azure Friday.